Happy World Radio Day. My name is Matt Rappold, and you are listening to the very first broadcast of Midtown Bookshelf. I'm here today in the KPL's Hefner Studios with Allison Dijak and Serena McDermott, and we are going to share some conversations and some stories all today on the theme of radio and the theme of diversity. So welcome. Thank you. Uh, so before we get into the stories, and we're each going to share a story from our life about diversity that we find important, uh, before we get into that, can you talk a little bit about yourselves and uh, say how you came to be here in Kitchener and tell the audience a little bit about uh, who you are? All right. Um, hi, I'm Serena. I've lived here in uh, KW for about a decade now. I moved here uh, to study health studies at the University of Waterloo. And I ended up um, at Teachers College Bachelor of Education, uh, did some teaching, and then went back to school to study child development. So right now I teach part-time in the Waterloo uh, School Board. I study child development at the University of Waterloo. And then I'm also on maternity leave right now and brought a baby along with me to our recording today. So uh, little Pascal here is uh, looking forward to hearing some of these picture book stories that we've got. That's super exciting. I'm not sure if there's ever been a, 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 a baby this young in the Hefner Studios right now. This could be a first. Mm -hmm. Probably not. She's uh, just, just about three months now. And she's remarkably quiet now. Yeah, don't jinx it. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? We could have her voice on the radio, too. That'd be awesome. Allison, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, my name is Allison, and I grew up in the area and uh, went away to Guelph for university and then Kingston for Teachers College, but ended up back in Kitchener uh, just last year. So I am a teacher as well. Uh, I'm a supply teacher at the moment for the Waterloo Region District School Board, um, and I'm also a musician, so I'm in the band I the Mountain, along with our host, Matt. Uh, you might hear us on Midtown Radio sometimes. But uh, yeah, we, I, I really love uh, picture books, and I love that part of teaching. It, it's a really fun part of teaching elementary students, especially getting to read picture books almost every day. So super excited to be here today. Yeah, and so I'm also uh, a teacher. We have three teachers here, and it makes sense, therefore, that we're going to be sharing some of our favorite picture books because we're not only are we all teachers, but we're all primary teachers. And so picture books are a huge part of our uh, of our, to our teacher's toolkit, to use a, a teacher's college word, um, that we bring into the classroom every day. So it seemed like a good idea for us on this radio day, and especially since we're celebrating diversity, to bring in some of our favorite picture books that celebrate diversity because that is such a huge part of uh, our teaching experience. Um, so uh, on the subject of picture books, uh, can you maybe t talk about what is maybe a favorite picture book you have? Because this is Midtown Bookshelf and we are all about books. <laughs> so what's a favorite picture book that you remember from your childhood? Is there one that stands out as being you know, your favorite kid's book when you were a child? Um, I always really liked Jillian Jiggs um, by Phoebe Gilman. That was a book that my mom read really, really often to me. Um, we had a few in the series, Jillian Jiggs and her wonderful pigs. And uh, we always, my mom would always sing the song with me and we actually made the pigs that she makes in the picture book. It's like a little craft and, and you can make them. So that was always a really memorable one for me. Like she was just like such a imaginative and creative child uh, in the books and I, really liked crafts growing up, so I found I identified with Jillian Jiggs quite a lot. Um, yeah, that was a really big one for me. Still well, pretty Phoebe, memorable. Phoebe Gilman is absolutely one of my favorite mm -hmm. authors, and I think, is she Canadian? 
I think uh, so, yeah. I'm not sure, actually. She has the balloon tree. She has, oh, I love uh, the balloon uh, tree as well. Uh, something from Nothing, I think, is also Phoebe mm-hmm. Gilman as well. Oh, yeah, right? that's a classic. Serena, do yeah. you have a, a favorite children's book from when you were growing up? Yeah, you asked me this before. I don't, it's hard to put my finger on one, but I think Dr. Seuss was a great author. That sort of rhythm and the rhyming in all of his books is so great. And then the way he's able to weave in some of these bigger messages. I think now as a teacher, one of my favorite Dr. Seuss books would be, Oh, the Places You'll Go. Whenever I'm having to leave a class, like if I've done a placement with a class and I'm moving on to another one, I always like to close off with, Oh, the Places You'll Go and just leave that that kind of inspirational message with the kids. I just love that book. That's a great mm-hmm. book. And uh, actually in the last school that I was teaching at, they had Oh, the Places You'll Go uh, written up on the library in uh, in big in big text on the library wall. It was really cool. Mm-hmm. I think my favorite book that I would have uh, as a kid, there's a, I mean, of course, like you said, there's a whole bunch of them, Serena. Um, but I think my favorite's actually also Phoebe Gilman, uh, Grandma and the Pirates. I'm not sure if you've ever read that book uh, or ever, ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, it rings a bell. Uh, so it's about um, yeah, grandma and another a little girl who were kidnapped by pirates. They they smell uh, the noodles that grandma puts on the window, and they're attracted by the smell, and they end up kidnapping the pirates along with the parrot. And it is hilarious. It's like classic Phoebe Gilman. Like the rhyme is there, the cadence is there, mm-hmm. and it's just such a funny book. Um, it's really enjoyable. So I think I really like that one. But Doctor Zeus is definitely up on my mm-hmm. list. I'm trying to think. There's one that I really enjoy. Uh, it wasn't one from when I was a kid, but one that I really enjoy now um, called, oh my gosh, I'm blanking on the name of it. Oh. Well, while you think of it, I'm just going to jump in. I have a little Phoebe Gilman uh, factoid for you here. Oh. So I just looked it up. She was born in the Bronx of, in New York. Oh. She later lived in Europe and Israel and then settled in Canada. So I think there's a lot of different countries that could kind of lay claim to Phoebe Gilman. Wow. For sure. Yeah, so I mean, and I think I've definitely seen her, like the little Canadian flag in the mm-hmm. uh, in our public school libraries, mm-hmm. definitely um, at, uh, at 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 schools. The book I think is called Dave Sam and Dave Dig a Hole. Oh, yeah. I was trying to think of who, like, what the names were, but okay. I, I think it's Sam and Dave Dig a Hole. Mm-hmm. And my favorite part of the book is because it's like, it's it's super simple. Um, it's a, I think it's illustrated by John Clausen. It I is, think. yeah, definitely. Um, and I'm a big fan of his books and. Uh, and it's, it's very simple. They're just digging this hole, and then they keep digging down, they keep digging down, and they always, they just about find the treasure because they're after this buried treasure, and they just about find it. Um, and then in the end, um, there's this interesting switch. Like they, There's like little diamonds, and they just keep missing it. There's this, the diamonds get bigger and bigger as the page goes on. They just keep missing <laughs> them. They go around them. They go on either side of them, but they never actually quite find it. And then on the last page, um, spoiler alert, just in case, uh, <laughs> turn it off now if, if you're going to read this book. It is a great book. Um, they dig a hole all the way into like oblivion and then they fall from the sky back to their house. And it's my, like the kids' reactions when you read that, that part of it, it's just like their mind is totally blown. Like, what? How has this happened? And then some of the colors have been shifted. So like the, the tree in their front yard was an apple tree. Now it's a pear tree. Mm-hmm. And it's always like, it's just sort of like, have you know there's this like element of um going into a different dimension and i just love seeing the expression on the kids faces when i read that so that's one of my favorite books Mm -hmm. i'm glad we're at the library i'm gonna go check that out after this (laughs) (laughs) it's a great one there's so many here at the library and actually two of the ones we're going to share about here are also from kitchener public library so yeah um, mine is as well yeah great so if people are listening here in kw all the books that we're going to be sharing about today are actually available at the kpl 
Um, and so what we're going to do now is we've each brought in uh, a selection on the topic of diversity, a children's book, a picture book. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about it. And then we're going to share either certain sections of the book or we're going to read maybe the whole thing if it's a shorter one. And then have a conversation about why this book is uh, important or special and how it relates to uh, the topic of diversity. So, Allison, you have uh, an interesting book over there. Mm -hmm. And I know that that book is by... Uh, is co-written by someone who's from this area, Robert Munch. Mm -hmm. What can you tell us about your book? Yeah, so the book that I brought today is called From Far Away. Um, so it's written by Robert Munch and Sawasan Askar. Um, so this story actually came from Sawasan. Um, when she was a child, she wrote to Robert Munch about her story um, of her childhood, and he was just really inspired by the story, so he actually wrote, uh, he turned it into a picture book with her. Um, so it's about a girl who um, her family is forced to move away um, when her country is, is going through a war, and so they come to Canada, and it's kind of just her her figuring out life, uh, life in Canada, you know, having to go to school and navigate that. Um, and I think it's just, it's a really, it's a really important book uh, to share with children because it's something that we're seeing like so often now, uh, especially in Kitchener-Waterloo, there's so much diversity in the area. Uh, there's been so many refugee families that have been moving here. And um, this book just really shows like an authentic, um, like an authentic side to the story because it's told from the point of view of, of Sausen. Um, so I think it's just a great book to share uh, with children for them to kind of see, um, you know, what that different perspective is like moving to a new place where you don't know the, the culture, you don't know the language and just what the what that would feel like. Great. And you're gonna read. Uh, you're gonna read the whole book, or just a selection? Yeah, yeah. It's not too long, so I thought I'd share the whole book today. Perfect. So this is from Far Away, by Robert Munch and Sausen Askar, and you can't see the art, but the art in this version is by Rebecca Green. And I will say the art is actually lovely. So mm -hmm. if you have a chance to come and check it out, or if you want to come take a look at the book, it's really beautiful art. So on the first page, Sausen is holding a letter, and it says, "Dear Reading Buddy." My name is Sawasan. I am seven years old and I am great and I am in grade two now. I came from far away. The place we used to live was very nice, but then a war started. There's no food, my father said. We are getting shot at, my mother said. Bombs made holes in the wall. One day, a really big boom made our roof fall in. We have to leave, my father and mother said. My father left first and was gone for a long time. Then a letter came with plane tickets to a new country. I didn't like the plane. It made me sick. Nobody wanted to sit near me. In the new country, my father took me to school and left me there. He said, be good and listen to your teacher. I listened to my teacher, only I didn't know what she was saying because she did not talk right. Other kids tried to talk to me, but I was not able to answer. I didn't speak English. I had a buddy who showed me the school and played with me at recess, 
but she didn't understand when I tried to teach her a rock game I knew from back home. At first, I didn't know how to say, I want to go to the washroom. So I crawled out the door when the teacher wasn't looking. When I came back, I waited outside the door until someone opened it. Then I crawled back to my desk. Once, I crawled to the washroom and saw a paper skeleton in the hallway. Only, I did not know what it was. I thought the skeleton was evil. I thought that people were going to start shooting each other here. I screamed a very good scream. Everybody came running. They thought someone was being killed in the bathroom. My teacher tried to tell me that the skeleton wasn't real. It was made of paper and was going to be used in the school play. I didn't understand. She jumped up and down and danced around to explain that the play was just for fun. But I thought the skeleton made her crazy and I screamed louder. My teacher hugged me, just like my mother would. I didn't know how to say, I'm so scared. But the big tear that went out of my eye said it for me. I decided that the whole school was crazy and I did not want to stay there. But my father said I had to. He said that people here are not going to start shooting each other. I had bad dreams about skeletons for a long time after that. But finally, I began to talk, little by little. I learned enough English to make friends, and school started to be fun. Now I am in grade two, and I am the best reader and speller in the class. I read and write a lot of stories. The teacher is now complaining that I'm never quiet. So far, my favorite part of grade two is the trip our class took to the zoo. We got to see the pandas and monkeys and eat pizza, and nobody shot at us the whole time. I decided that my new country is a nice place. I changed my name from Sawison to Susan, but my mother told me to change it back. My teacher moved from our school. I saw her in the mall once and ran to her and hugged her. She was my first teacher in this country, and she helped me a lot. Where are you from, reading buddy? The end. Well, that was a nice one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's great. That's a great book. So when you were reading that one, there was one line that really stuck out to me. And that line was when she lets out a really good scream. Mm -hmm. Like, I really like that, the way mm -hmm. that they characterize that. Instead of, like, a loud scream or a terrified scream, I like that they use that word good in there. And, I mean, that's something that stuck out with me. It just it seems like that that was where she really needed to let out that emotion. And screaming was the only way, the only good way that she could know mm -hmm. how to do that. So I really like that part of it. That was a really mm -hmm. great book. Mm -hmm. I noticed that, too, that description. And for me, I was thinking she let out a really good scream like this scream was a positive a good thing it made me think about how probably for her growing up there was situations where she was needing to scream like that mm -hmm. this was an adaptive and like a, a good important thing for her to do to scream to stay safe so it, it kind of impacted me like hearing that word good to describe a scream made me think about that as well 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's me. like it's kind of turned into like a defense mechanism that like that is what she had to do to stay safe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that that in I mean, it, you can't really can't see it as well just from the, the the reading but i think in the story that's when she also goes to her teacher and she gives the teacher a big hug mm-hmm. and i think that you know that shows that a lot of good can come out of a scream like that mm-hmm. you know that's when she really is that's when she really starts to make a connection with um with with her new culture and that scream is sort of the catalyst that makes her feel like you know what i'm so frustrated right now and sometimes you have to get that frustrated and you have mm-hmm. to hit that wall in order to break through it a little bit so yeah, and I think it was just after that that she talks about how she doesn't know how to say that she's sad, but her tear says it for her. And I like that idea, like that, you know, even though we have these language barriers between us, there are all these universals in communication. We all know what a scream means. We all know what a tear means. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and also the fact that so much good can come out of negative emotions. Like we mm-hmm. often think of crying or screaming as being negative emotions that are no, that don't have necessarily a positive impact, but... For people who can't communicate, those universal uh, expressions of emotions can be the best way that they can communicate. It's a way of showing others, you know, even if you don't understand the language, we can still see how you're feeling. We can still understand that. We can make that emotional connection that way. Mm-hmm. Allison, I'm wondering, um, I mean, have you ever used that book in a classroom? Or how would you, how do you think that that book could be used in the classroom? Mm, I haven't. No, this is a, a newer one for me. Um, but I think this book would be great um for example if maybe um a class was getting a new student that they knew was coming from uh, a country that uh, had experienced war um it may maybe a good book just to kind of let students see a different perspective um i would be wary of like not wanting to just generalize uh the experience of like coming to a new country like i wouldn't want the students to then assume that their new classmate has experienced that um but i think it, it could be a really good way to like open up their eyes to um like that really authentic point of view of of what it's like to come to a new country um i think it would also just be uh, an interesting read to share um just about like what life is like uh you know in different parts of the world and how that can kind of affect um, you know, affect our views on the world. Um, like in grade two, they students learn about like global communities and learning about around the world. And I think this would be a really neat way to to teach students kind of that there are some really serious things going on in the world, but but in kind of a, I mean, not lighthearted way, but this book kind of, it just, it talks about the war. And I, I do like actually that it uses the word like, that there's a lot of shooting going on or there's no shooting here like I feel like that's a it's an important thing for students to understand that like that is something that happens in other countries that they're like that sugarcoating it yeah, yeah like that's like a threat that happens and like for that to be on the girls Howison's mind all the time like oh someone's gonna pull out a gun or there's gonna be shooting at the school like I think that that is a is an interesting thing for students to kind of to kind of think about. So yeah, yeah. I think that also I mean in terms of building empathy as well. I mean in mm-hmm. classrooms a lot of times students and I mean it doesn't just go for students but also you know older people can assume that the people around them all have very similar experiences and you know students might not know that you know even if someone comes from a different place they might think it's a very similar experience. Um, whereas the book is showing that. You know, there's not everywhere is 
going to be like this. There's other places in the world that have different histories and have different threats or different experiences. And when people come to a classroom, there's sometimes very different um, experiences that come along with that as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So there's this idea that books can can sort of be windows or they can be mirrors. And I think for a lot of the students in our classroom, this book that you've shared from far away, that will be a window for them mm-hmm. into a different sort of life. And um, I wanted to share um, a book that I brought, which I think for the same students might act as more a mirror. It's sort of about that those same sorts of issues, but from the point of view of being in in Canada. Sorry if you can hear uh, any fussing in the background. We have a baby on board here. No, I think that's great. I think Callie's reacting a little bit <laughs> to the book, maybe. <laughs> um, so I don't know, maybe should I get into uh, sharing mine or did you want to? Sure. Yeah. Let me just say that we're also uh, just remind the listeners that they're listening to Midtown Bookshelf broadcasting uh, out of KPL Studios in downtown Kitchener at the Hef- uh, Hefner Studios at KPL Kitchener Public Library uh, here in downtown Kitchener. My name is Matt Rappold and I'm here with Allison Dijak and Serena McDermott. And this is World Radio Day. So we're sharing some of our favorite uh, children's books that relate to the world radio theme of diversity. So, Serena, you brought in a book, um, and I've never actually heard of this book before. Uh, Why don't you tell us a little bit about it? Yeah, this book is called Come With Me. It's a bit newer. It was published in 2017 by Holly M. McGee. She actually is a literary agent and owns her own publishing company. She started out at HarperCollins and then started her own um, publishing house and uh, has had a, a number of very successful books, this being one of them. So this book by Holly McGee, it is illustrated by Pascal Lemaitre, um, sort of like sparse illustrations, but that are very powerful. So I would definitely recommend come on out to the library. You can take this book out and take a look at the illustrations yourselves. Um, so at the front of this book, there's a note from Holly and Pascal. It says, come with me is written in honor of friendship, bravery, and the fact that we aren't powerless, no matter how small and insignificant we may feel. And then they have a quotation as well from Refugees International that says, though at the level of the individual, our actions are as light as a cloud, united they can change the color of the sky. So the, yeah, the, the book starts, it says, all over the world, the news told and told and retold of anger and hatred, people against people. And the little girl was frightened by everything she heard and saw and felt. She asked her papa if there was something she could do to make the world a better place. Her papa said, come with me. Hand in hand, they walked out the door to the subway. Waiting there on the platform, her papa tipped his hat to those he met. So the little girl did too. They rode the train through the tunnels underground. The girl and her papa were brave and kind. And that day, they won a tiny battle over fear for themselves and for the people of the world. The news kept telling of anger and hatred, and the little girl asked her mama what she could do to make the world a better place. Her mama said, come with me. And I don't want to take away uh, all the mystery of the book, so I'll just, I'll leave it uh, there for a little bit. I'll just tell you about that the girl, um, when she's on the subway ride with her father, you don't hear this in the text, but within the illustrations, you can see that there's a number of um, like there's a, a very diverse crowd on the subway. There's people wearing hijabs and turbans and um, just people of all walks of life there. And then when she goes out with her mom, it's similar where she's just meeting all sorts of different people and meeting them 
um, sort of with this this open heart. And then ultimately she ends up uh, going out on her own and she makes a friend along the way. And the friend says, where are you going? And the little girl says, come with me because two people together are stronger than one. So I'm going to pick up just at the very end of this book. The girl, the boy, and the dog were happy to be out. One step at a time, they understood what they could do to make the world a better place. They could go on. Brave, gentle, strong, and kind to one another and all living things. As tiny as it was, their part mattered to the world. Your part matters too. Come with me. And that is the end. That's lovely. Wow. Great, a great story. That's beautiful. Wow, really, really nice. So, uh, Serena, why? tell me a little bit about why, uh, why that story really resonates with you a lot. Why do you think that's so powerful? Um, I think similar to Allison, I also think a lot about the kids that I'm encountering in the classroom when I'm choosing books. And um, she mentioned that we, we have a lot of new Canadians joining us um, from some of these war-torn places. And a book like hers is able to give the other students in the classroom a look into what those kids may have experienced and might help represent their story for them. Um, at the same time, the kids in the classroom are often hearing about these things on the news and that experiencing a lot of like turmoil over that, like, about hearing like there's fear and there's um, misinformation and things like that. So when I read this book, it really resonated for me because I thought this is something that pretty much every child is going to experience at some time. They're hearing about hatred and they're hearing about war and they're hearing about um, just prejudice on the news and in different media. So I wanted to share a story that sort of gives them some power and tells them that there is something that they can do. And it doesn't have to be something big, like that quote at the beginning, which I, I just absolutely love this idea of, you know, even all, all the clouds united can change the color of the sky, like putting that out there for kids and saying, just going out and living your life with kindness and with love is enough to change things. And if we all do that, it changes the whole world. That's great. I, I mean, I, I can really make that connection back to what you said about the mirror, right? I mean, Allison's book, From Far Away, is showing us about another experience. This is maybe turning that, that mirror around or turning that window a bit more towards uh, back on themselves so mm -hmm. they can maybe think about their own place in this and how they can impact change. Yeah, That's I great. think a lot of kids in, in our community would read this and see themselves in this little girl's experience. Have you used that book uh, in a classroom yet? No, I haven't. And I was so glad to uh, get the invitation to come on this program because it, it led me to read some new books. And this was one of them. Great. Awesome. Well, my book, um, the one I chose, is one that I actually also, again, I, I recently uh, discovered this book. Um, and I really wanted to do something because February is Black History Month. Mm -hmm. um, and I... Um, I mean, I previously taught at a school um, that was not necessarily super diverse. And so I really wanted to make a point. I mean, when I was at the school, I tried to make a point of including diverse perspectives in there because it can be sometimes difficult if you don't have a diverse class or a diverse population in your class. It can be sometimes, you know, you can sometimes very easily slip into complacency and just sort of present books that have the same sort of uh, um, same sort of perspective. And so I, when I was thinking about what book I wanted to bring in for diversity, I wanted to do um, something you know, about, about uh, Black History Month or, or something about, um, uh, about that. So I, the book I chose was 
Benununus, Benununus Hair. And it's a great book by uh, Olive Senior and illustrations by Laura James. And the illustrations in this book are phenomenal. Um, they are just so vibrant and just so energetic. And uh, the, what really drew me to the book was the, the, the word Bununus. When, the, when I asked for a book about diversity at KPL, um, the, li- the, the library attendant recommended this, and I just burst out laughing. I said, I, I might not be able to say it to, to get through this on the radio without laughing because it's such a great, uh, it's, such an, you know, it's such an interesting word that I've never heard of before. And so I looked it up because um, originally I thought that it was actually the girl's name, like it was Banununu's hair. Um, but when I looked it up, it's actually, um, so Banununus uh, is Jamaican patois for wonderful or happiness. And it's used as an exclamation. Um, so it must be spoken rapidly in order to be effective and energetic. This is according to <laughs> UrbanDictionary.com. So I'm going to do my best to uh, to say it with with uh, with excitement and uh, with energy through the reading. Um, but I just love this book. It's it's great, um, and it's about uh, a girl named Jamila, and she's not super happy with her hair, um, uh, and she wishes um, that her hair would be more like. Um, the girls, uh, other girls in her class who have maybe straight hair or blonde hair. And so at the beginning, we find Jamila at home with her mom, and Jamila has hidden the comb because she doesn't want to get her hair plated. Uh, so we'll pick it up and pick up the story there. Time to plate Jamila's hair, but the comb has vanished into thin air. It's up in the ceiling, Jamila shouts. The elephant's hiding it in its trunk. Oh, really? Last time, it was the camel's hump, the kangaroo's pouch, the toucan's beak, the mouse's squeak. Now, Missy, no more playing. Spin around and let's get braiding. Aha! Look where the comb's been hiding. Wah! Jamila cries. Oh, come now, Jamila. This is no time to pout. You'll be late for school unless I comb it out. Close your eyes, count to ten. I'll be done with this plate by then. I hate my hair. It hurts. It's a pain. Oh, do stop making such a fuss. Why do you hate your hair so much? Because it's bad, bad, bad. It makes me so mad, mad, mad. Why can't I have good hair like the girls in my class? Sasha, Sarah, Brittany, Claire... Oh, really? What's so good about their hair? They have hair that's long and soft and pretty. It glows as it flows without plates, without pins, long or short. It can swish as they wish. Oh, Jamila, you silly. Why want their hair when the most fantabulous, splendiferous, bonoonous hair in the world is right here? Really? And truly, you'll see, your hair is electric, kinetic, and free, while your friend's hair always looks the same. You have hair that that can frame your face or whiz off into the stratosphere. Hair Hair that can say something different every day of the week, every month of the year. Wanna try? Oh yes, a different head of hair every day of the year? Well, let's start this week. 
so I can have puffs on Monday. Plates on Tuesday. And here in the book, we see the artwork. She's going all different places around town with different hair. So here she's in the art gallery. Braids on Wednesday. I think she's in the library of this one. Cornrows on Thursday. Twist out Friday. Yes, and on Saturday, hair can be wild. But on Sunday, you must be grandmother's child at Sunday dinner. But guess what? No more hiding the comb, no more crying, agree? Uh-huh. Bununus, bununus, and bununus you. For the first day of school, school, here's your new do. Now promise, Jamila, no more hiding the comb, no getting in a tizzy. Sometimes mom might be busy, so ask big sister Lizzie. Cause she's been there? with her electric, kinetic, bombastic, fantastic, twirly, whirly, curly, fuzzy, snappy, nappy, wavy, crazy, bununus hair. <laughs> and that's the end. Very nice. That was great. I loved your dramatic reenactment <laughs> too. <laughs> it's, it's hard sometimes, like, especially if you're used to children's books that have a certain rhyme, mm -hmm. like a certain uh, cadence rhythm, or a certain yeah. rhythm. Mm. It's hard sometimes when they have a different rhythm. It's definitely not a rhythm that I'm accustomed to. Mm -hmm. so a couple stumbles in there, but it's okay. I love, I really love the story of that book yeah. um, and the artwork for it. The artwork just shines in my opinion. It's just a really uh, fantastic book that I would love to bring into the class. Mm -hmm. um, and again, just to give them a, a perspective because, I mean, so often students, they, they, they don't necessarily, ha they haven't built the empathy um, to understand how a, st a, a different student might be feeling about something that can seem so normal, mm -hmm. right? I mean, uh, some students might just take, you know, their hair for granted. They don't think too much about it. And they might not think that, for another student of a different background or of a different um, identity, then that might be a really huge deal for them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That they and might be bringing that baggage in the classroom. And for those students to also have themselves represented, for students who feel that about their hair to also have, have themselves represented that way is important. I appreciated how you chose um, a book by a Jamaican author. I thought that was great to, to have more of those voices in um, on our our broadcast here and also <laughs> into the classroom of course. is so important because uh, I mean we do uh, we have to acknowledge we here we are talking about diversity we ourselves are not the most diverse no. group necessarily <laughs> yeah. so it's great to have um, some authors who can contribute some new uh, perspectives for us here too mm -hmm. and I think that's what I mean about sometimes getting a little bit you know complacent if you're in a situation where um, Hi, Kelly. <laughs> if you're in a situation where, you know, in, your, in a classroom where you have a lot of books that are maybe, you know, that, that they've just been there for a long time and you're not adding or reevaluating the stacks that you have or the books that you have, sometimes they can just be only presenting a particular perspective. And I know coming from my experience, coming from the classroom that I was at into this new board, you know, from a small town into a larger city, and now I'm teaching schools that have so many different identities and, and, and students of so many different countries and and, and backgrounds and cultures. So it's really important for me to be thinking about how can I make sure that they are reflected in my teaching and in the classroom that they're in. 
And I mean, when it came to um, choosing a book for this, I wanted to make sure that you know we had some some different perspectives that were that were being framed. And also, I want to say that very exciting. Um, I was watching the Oscars last night, and there mm -hmm. was a, a the short film of the year is actually a story quite similar to the to Benununus Hair. That actually that uh, that. Um, that short film or short animated film uh, won the Oscar for best uh, for best yeah, short animated Yeah, that was Hair Love. Hair mm -hmm. Love, yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's yeah, I haven't cool. seen it yet, but it, it uh, had great praise. So yeah, and if hey, if it's anything, watch. if it's anything like the story here, I think <laughs> it would be a great fit for inside the classroom. Mm -hmm. One thing that I really like about that one and some other books that uh, have been coming out in the past couple years is that it's taking something like really small, um, but kind of like just making people realize that that is an issue and that is something that uh, comes up a lot, um, you know, when it's coming to like teasing in the classroom or like racism, like it's just, it's not always like a big issue. It can be something small. Um, I know in classes that I've taught in before, I've had kids that are teasing each other for really simple little things like, oh, the food that you brought in your lunch today or like, you know, your name, like, I don't know how to pronounce your name. Uh, so, or like your hair looks different than mine. I like that um, we're having a lot of picture books now that are like taking those those things and like making kids realize that, um, you know, diversity isn't just like what country you came from or like the color of your skin. It's like a lot of things like your family traditions and the food that you eat and like the clothes that you wear. Like it's all of these little things that, that the more that we can address it with students um, is really important. Um, one of my favorite books, uh, it was one that I was also thinking of bringing today. It's called Sandwich Swap and it's about kids that they have different lunches that day. One girl has her like white bread sandwich and one girl has her like hummus and pita and the kids are all teasing the girl for her hummus and pita and they end up uh, deciding to swap and try the other ones and realize that it's not that different. And that's something that I experienced as a teacher uh, a few years ago in a classroom that I was in. Um, you know, there were kids in my class that, that they just... They felt the need to, um, you know, make comments about some of the lunches that kids were bringing. And it's like it's such a small thing, but that can really like hurt someone, you know, especially a little like a grade. They were it was a grade one class. But, you know, because their food was different, they thought that they felt the need to make fun of it. So I'm liking that a lot of these picture books are, are taking really small things, but teaching kids like the value of diversity um, in kind of everyday concepts. And that's so important because it also brings it down to a, a kid's level as well, right? I mean, it brings it breaks this really big concept like racism down into something that kids can identify with. Mm -hmm. I mean, every student knows what it's like to, you know, be made fun of for their, you know, for their name or their appearance or something like that. But to have something like your hair, which is so intrinsically linked to your identity, mm -hmm. I mean, I think kids can really understand that. They can understand how that can be such a core part of it and it can really help them understand that really complex idea of, of you know racism or discrimination it breaks it into a little bit more digestible bites for kids i think uh it's a good way to teach also about privilege to help kids understand that uh, when you don't have to worry about being made fun of for your lunch or when you don't have to worry about being made fun of for your hair like that's that in itself is privilege and helping kids understand that and identify it in their lives is also an important teaching point. So it's great that we have books like this to help 
with uh, that lesson as well. I mean, we brought in three really great books, and I really want to encourage anybody who's living. I mean, even, even if you're listening to us on the other side of the world, chances are you have access to YouTube or something online where you could go check these books out. These are fantastic books. And always make sure to go into your local public library and take a look at the, the children's books that they have there because there's some phenomenal books out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and these are clearly three great ones that you could use in your classroom or you can share with a child or even... I mean, even just read it for yourself. Yeah. No shame in that. <laughs> I love reading picture books, honestly. Like, I just I just enjoy the message that comes with them. And even if it's just for myself, it's fun to indulge a little bit sometimes. It, it takes great talent to put these big ideas and big important messages and distill them down into something that uh, resonates with kids and mm-hmm. will keep a kid's attention. So <laughs> I think that, uh, that means they're going to be good for adults, too. Absolutely. Well, I think we've actually reached the the end of our first episode of Midtown Bookshelf. I want to thank uh, thank you so much for coming in and and uh, and sharing your selections with me. I think this is a great beginning of uh, of our uh, of our literary journey, I guess, on mm-hmm. this radio program. Thank and you. I hope that everyone listening to us, whether you're here in KW, whether you are in Ontario, whether you're in Canada, whether you're in Jamaica, whether you are anywhere in the world, that you've enjoyed our program. Um, thank you so much. Any last words? Well, thanks for listening. If you have any recommendations for us, where can they send them? Uh, they can send them to Midtown, the Midtown Radio, uh, either Twitter or Midtown Radio email, and then Midtown Radio will pass it on. David will pass it on to us, I'm sure. Yeah, Great. sounds good. Great. Happy World Radio Day, everybody. This is Matt Rappelt signing off from Hefner Studios in Kitchener Public Library, downtown Kitchener. Have a great day. And keep reading. <laughs>